This episode is brought to you by Duncan. <laughs> Duncan just dropped a new kind of energy. They called it Sparked. <laughs> Berry burst, peach sunshine, flavors I love. Did you guys try it already? I can't say no to two kinds of flavors. One is peach and one is berry. And a medium's $3. Now through March 19th. So drop by and get sparked by Duncan. Sparked energy drinks are fruit flavored, contain 0% fruit juice. Beverages contain caffeine from caffeine and guarana. Participation may vary. Limited time offer terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. I got a new Mint Mobile plan, so I'm going to call all of my friends. I'm going to call Bob. Hey, Bob, we're into the new year, so I thought I'd check in on those resolutions. You still on track? One of your goals is to save money. You're in luck because I know a 100% guaranteed way to make sure you accomplish it. It's really easy to do. Uh, if you want to find out about it, just come back. I'll, I'll call Wade. He usually answers. Hey, Wade, got some good news. You're not so bitter about losing so many... Sorry. Anyway, uh, if you switch to Mint Mobile for a limited time, their wireless plans are $15 a month. When you purchase a three-month plan, that's unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. You know, if you want to get this new customer offer, uh, go to mintmobile.com slash distractible. That's M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash D-I-S-T-R-A-C-T-I-B-L-E. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details and call me back for more details. This is your friend, Mark. Uh, he'll call me back. Good evening, gentle listener, and welcome to Distractable. This episode, it's another soul searcher about crippling cortisol, as weepy Wade suggests socializing, pouncing on procrastination, and playing with balls. Butch Bob blasts being bummed, and maligns Mark's mentality and pseudoscience. And mesmerizing Mark stands for stoicism and Sam, gums on gabbers, and gives tribute to tea. From following through to powerful payoff. <laughs> yes. It's time for Live, Laugh, Lose. Now sit back and prepare to be distracted and enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Distractable. I am today's host. Wait. Wait for what? No, my name. My name is Wade. This is the podcast where one of us hosts, two of us compete for points. The winner, or whoever's the most points, gets the win. I get to host the next episode, yada, yada, yada. And I'm joined, as always, by my two co-hosts, Mark and Bob. Hey, boys. Hello. Oh, hey, how's it going? So, lenses, right? Am I yeah. right, everybody? You got some lens news? Lenses, computers, hard drives. I'm just trying to get people to check out one keyword after another. It's like a sleeper word, you know, they just brain shuts down instantly. What about Apple versus PC? No, oh, let me get into that. Really, indeed. No, whatever. I guess I'll open up the floor for some uh, hellos and small talk. Mark, I think I'll let you go first. I think uh, I think that seems fair. Well, I'm ready. I'm ready. I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, um, oh, man. Uh, yeah, I, ooh, so much going on in my life. So much interesting stuff happening. Uh, so many things occurring. It's uh, glorious. Great. I'm officially a Midwest dad. You know what I'm excited about? It just got a workbench set up in the garage. I got like an L-shaped workbench in the corner in the front, and I'm going to order some big heavy-duty shelves. I'm, I measured it out, and I'm looking right now for the, the shelving unit that's exactly the right size. I also got 
a tire rack that mounts on the wall and folds up. So, cause for my car, I have like a summer set of tires and a winter set of tires. So now I can put my four tires I'm not using up on the wall out of the way. Oh, and I hung a bike on the wall the other day. Um, which was good. I, I got to use a stud finder. I got to drill a three eighths inch pilot hole and then, and then fasten the, uh, two, two pilot holes. And then I fastened the bike hanger right into the stud and, um, just absolutely living the dream out here, guys. Thank you for that life update, Midwestern dad, Bob, both such great small talk from Mark and, uh, actually decent small talk from Bob. I guess I can jump into what I have to talk about today. This is gonna be just another interesting chatty talky one. I'm always like, this quote lives rent-free in my head. I think I've even mentioned it here before, but I don't know if you guys paid attention to uh, basketball back in the 90s, uh, but if you did, you might have heard of uh, Jim Valvano. Nope. <laughs> okay. Well, he was a head coach who ultimately ended up being diagnosed with and passing away from cancer, and he formed a foundation, the Jim Val Valvano Foundation, that I, I don't remember what month, it might be this month, it might be December, but they always have like a big promotional thing where they go through and they show him like on stage talking and things like that, and they try to raise money for his cancer foundation. The topic is not cancer, but it always stuck with me because I lost a lot of people, as many people have, most people have, to cancer growing up, including my grandma, who was like one of the most important people to me in my life. Uh, but he had a quote that I've heard year after year that always stuck with me, and the quote goes, if you laugh, you think, and you cry, that's a full day. That's a heck of a day. You do that seven days a week, you're going to have something special. And I wondered, I was like, you know, he explains it a little bit, but, it, you know, as a kid, it was like, why would you want to cry? But as an adult, I kind of appreciate that a lot more. I enjoy the emotional spectrum range of uh, things. There are days where I'll be like having a good laugh. I'll have like a salty, ragey episode of playing a game or whatever. And then I get to a point where I lay down and I find myself going down the rabbit hole of like songs or clips of like, you know, military vets coming home or someone getting a puppy or, you know, uh, people that uh, have a, a, a parent that's like not their biological parent who they like give adoption papers to. They're like, I want to be your official kid and, you know, things like that. And I sit there like tears are running down my face while I'm trying to go to sleep and stuff. Pussy. Thanks, man. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why. I had to, I I don't even I, I just had to it had to come out of my mouth. I couldn't No, it's fair. It's, it's the it's the bro response we all want to say. No, I'm with you. I uh, what's that stuff called? Uh if that's there's like a term for that. It's like a emotion bait or something or uh it's co no, catharsis uh catharsis porn. I've never heard that, but I believe you. It's it's that stuff where it's like vets coming home from, you know, surprising their parents or things like that, where it's like it makes it makes you cry because it's that's what it's designed to do. We can just talk about that quote itself. Do you guys think that that's true? Do you think a day where you laugh, you think and you cry is a full day? Is it oversimplifying it? Is there more to it? How do you feel about that by itself? Well, I mean, you know, what does a full day even mean? Like, by whose standards is that? How long are you taking a cra uh, crap? <laughs> All of this while on one poop session. Listen, I on the toilet am laughing, crying, and whatever the third one was. Ripping your shirt off, getting completely nude. I'm efficient. My day is just getting started. That might be your full day that's my morning i've cried more laughed more shit more what was the third one i have my brain think <laughs> <laughs> if you cry you laugh you shit that's a full day <laughs> i piss i shit and i wipe and i've got my whole day done first thing in the morning you haven't even woken up before i've laughed cried and 
shat myself to death. <laughs> you don't know how much I poop in the morning. Don't even ask. Great. I mean, I think as with most great quotes, it encapsulates uh, important parts, but it, there's obviously more nuance to it than that. But like, yeah, that's a good inspirational quote. I think the important thing is it's uh, focused on emotion. I think that it's easy to go through life like you're busy as shit. You're crushed under whatever or like for uh, for me, it's like the baby is a lot these days. He's been sick. I've been sick and it's easy. To, like you just get through the day. And if you get through the day without doing any of those three things, you probably got through the day largely on autopilot. And you probably either missed some stuff or missed opportunities to like have a moment. And so it's not necessarily that you need to do all of them every day or even that they're specifically important. But like you only get so many opportunities every day to do those things because life is so busy and it only gets busier the more the older you get the you know the more responsibilities you get um so yeah like i think that's a good quote i think it's more complex than that but he's a coach right so that's a very coachy quote you break down the complexity of something incredibly nuanced and deep into one mediumly long sentence that sounds very inspirational. At this point, I mean, yes, he's a coach. Uh, this was, I think, toward the end of his life, whenever the cancer diagnosis. Yeah, this is like a speech at like a fundraiser or something, right? About more about his foundation and whatever. But so this is him reflecting, looking back on like his day to day, maybe regretting like, you know, being so honed in because we, we all get that way where we're so honed in on like, so we got to do this, we got to do that, we got to be here, we got, oh, and like, you know, the stress of it all. And it's just like, you get through the day, you pass out, and that's the day. And this is like, take a moment, whether it's on the toilet, like Mark, or somewhere else, and just find something to laugh at, something that makes you cry, whether it's tears of joy, whatever. It just sounds very live, laugh, love, you know, and it's... It does. It does. This, this it predated is, yeah. that, I think. Maybe it didn't, I don't know. When did Live, Laugh, Love become a popular quote? It's always been. Live, Laugh, Love is is of the ether. Anyone who knows the secrets of the universe knows that that's the eternal truth we all have been born unto. 1904. That definitely predates my quote. Never mind. Right. <laughs> <laughs> From a poem, apparently, it was where it became well known. I think it's interesting that a, a guy who is a coach, uh, you know, who is presumably an athlete, who is in that culture, and also, I am assuming, I don't know this person, but like, He's a coach, so I assume he's like a, you know, he's a dude. He's guys being dudes, right? Yeah, just a guy. His That his quote is very focused on the emotional parts of life, as a, just generally speaking, I think is an interesting perspective, because I think a lot of guys are taught to sort of press that down. You keep those emotions down so you can focus, so you can get stuff done, whatever. And I'm sure he experienced that in the culture of athletics. Competitive sports are very much that way. You want to ride the highs, but you don't want to let the emotions drag you down, that sort of thing. Um, but, like, I think that's something that happens as you get older. And I've seen this in, like, my parents as they've retired or they've gotten older or whatever. People realize, like, oh, you know what? Actually, the emotional parts of life are actually pretty sweet. You spend a lot of time, especially guys, but like people in general spend a lot of time like fighting off emotion, trying not to let it, you know, dominate your life or not processing things, which can lead to a lot of issues. Letting the emotions happen during the stuff that's happening in your life is probably healthier. And probably, even if it's bad, you know, if it's sadness and crying or whatever, probably better for people in general. I think that uh -huh. mental toughness and not feeling things in certain times is actually valuable. Yeah, the time and a place thing, maybe. It, okay, in all in all honesty, there was kind of a like a, a thing that I, I do actually believe in here. When it comes to a, a lot of what I see 
on uh, social media and conversations is like people encouraging people to take like mental health breaks and prioritize their mental health. And I perfectly agree with that. And I think that is important. However, to me, there is nothing more satisfying than lighting myself on fire for my art, right? So there is a counter to that where I am willing to like grind myself against the wheel because I'm going to make something. And there actually is value in pushing yourself to the brink of failure, hopefully not going past that, but you don't know your limits until you get there because you're trying to do something um, and it's not easy. And there is a kind of like toughness that you need to get there. I'm not talking about like, you know, ignoring emotions, stuff like that. But there is, I feel, a little bit of over acceptance in terms of the uh, it's OK to like take a break when you feel you need it, because it leads into the thing we were talking about last episode, the false confidence. You don't know where your limit is and you don't know how far you can go and you don't know how much you can push yourself. I do think there is a value in that. And I do think there is reason to push yourself. Not all the time. Of course, you have to understand that there is a limit. You just don't know what it is. And sometimes there's nothing more spectacular than grinding yourself to nothingness and then making something that was beautiful. And worth it. I agree. I, I think it becomes a little bit more complex when you're pushing yourself for something you're passionate about, whereas you're pushing yourself for like a monotonous, you know, nine to five that maybe you're in because you're trying to get through school or it's the only job you could get or, you know, if it's something you're passionate about and you want to push yourself, mm -hmm. hell yeah. I think whenever you're either forced to or you just are so busy pushing for something that you forget to live along the way kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, this isn't like a one day, one month project. This is like you go through life and it's like you look back. It's like, oh, shit, I never lived. I, I think it's more reflective of that kind of feeling than it is pushing yourself. Because I think through pushing your project, through pushing something you're passionate about, creative about, you can experience those things. If you're thinking about what you're doing, you're trying to make the best thing you can. I've been on projects with you. I know there's plenty of laughter to be had. If someone fucks up, there's not like a... Uh, what the fuck are you doing? Take it from you laugh about it. There's like you have a blooper BTS for a reason. It's like someone fucks up. It's funny. We laugh about it unless there's eight minutes left on the set and it's, everyone's about to have to go home and then we really need to get this take. So please <laughs> stop messing up that one line. Can't you just remember one sentence, please, Bob? It's one sentence or uh, you have to get that night shot in and everyone's going to the airport afterward. But there's a helicopter flying overhead and planes taking off and you just can't quite get Bubba and Wubba in because of external factors beyond your control. Mark, I don't know what the last year has been like you making this movie. I know it has seemed like the most stressed I've ever seen you ever. I imagine there were probably moments of like breakdowns and tears. Maybe there weren't. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. Fuck. Holy shit. Yes. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So I think you've accomplished these things, even if you weren't going out of your way for them. But sometimes you're caught in the moment where you just can't go out of your way for them or you like don't think about them. You put them off. I don't know that you've done that. Maybe you have. Uh, no, uh, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, honestly, there's there's it's never a perfect like I'm doing great. But that's that's the whole thing, right? You know, maybe that is part of the quote that you're talking about, like the crying, you know, laughing, stuff like that is I have pushed myself many times to the point to the breaking point where I've broken down and I'm like, I die, man, this is just like so unfun. And the end result is I still want to make it. The end result is I still want to do it. And I love doing it. And I, I actually, in a, in a, in a way, look back on those moments of adversity and times where I was literally uh, up 
pulling all-nighters to do things, I look back on those not fondly, but proudly. I'm proud of the fact that I was able to go through uh, those moments. All self-inflicted, of course, like no one makes me do these things, but I make myself do these things, which is more valuable than someone else making me do something. Um, And I need to respect the ability for myself to push myself to do something like that and make the choice because I made the choice a long time ago to do the thing. And therefore, at the end of it, it, the, the thing that I chose to do deserves to be done with every ounce of my ability and to do otherwise would be a disservice. And so when I when I get to the point where I do break down and it's okay to break down and acknowledge those moments, it is infinitely more important to pick myself back up afterwards and then keep moving forward. Taking a breather has been like a bit of a discipline in and of itself to learn when to do that. But yeah, a lot of my projects are arduous. Like there hasn't been a project yet that I've made that when the last shot is done, I don't break down and cry Um, because not because it's like, oh, wow, we made something. It's like, thank fuck it's over, especially this last one. Oh, my God. That is a great segue because this discussion was meant to be a lead in to the actual topic, which is drum roll. Thanks, not will stress. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Wow. Holy shit. Too soon? <laughs> Sam's <laughs> been there for about a year now! I know, but the joke is we always just yell at Will, right? Now we gotta incorporate. Sam is Will now. Now Sam is Will. Now we yell at Sam. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But point being, I think that the think, laugh, cry, I think all of those things are helpful for eliminating stress. And I find that whenever I'm stressed out, I go out of my way to do one of those things. And it led me to think about stress relief, and all of us have had a variety of stresses this past year uh, that have made it one of the more stressful years I can remember having in a while, and I'm sure it probably is for you guys too, Bob moving and having a baby, Mark obviously one of the most, if not the most, like, insane projects you've ever taken on, Uh, and for me for a variety of reasons, some of which I can go into, some of which I just don't want to, because they're personal, but... God, wait till you hear about the next one I have in mind. I don't know if I want to hear, man. I need a year before I hear your next idea. <laughs> anyway, I, I think stress and what we do to deal with it, I think that's something people ask me about a lot whenever I'm streaming, is how we deal with stress and things. So I figured, I don't know if we've talked about it here, but I don't think we have. So stress. I have the most Mark answer that I've ever had oh boy. or anything we've ever talked oh, about. I'm ready. Uh, so this is this is channeling my inner Mark on this one. Uh, you know what I think about uh, stress and how to deal with it? Don't. If you're doing something that's stressing you out, stop being stressed. Just do the thing. If you're just sitting there wallowing in your own stress and it's really it's really getting you down, stop stressing. What are you stressing about? Just do the thing. There's thinking about the asteroid doesn't make your stress any more real or something like that. So stress is a weird thing for me. This is I'm interested in how this conversation is going to go because I don't um, deal with stress. I generally don't get stressed. And if I get to the point where I'm physically experiencing, like, stress or the manifestations of it, that's, like, an inch away from just breaking down completely for me. I either process things and I'm chill and doing well, or I'm stressed because I'm about to totally lose everything. And there's no in-between. And I think I'm kind of weird for that. But, like, that's my advice. I would say just don't, just don't stress about it, man. Just calm down. Calm down. 
This episode is brought to you by Duncan. <laughs> Duncan just dropped a new kind of energy. They called it Sparked. <laughs> Berry burst, peach sunshine, flavors I love. Did you guys try it already? I can't say no to two kinds of flavors. One is peach and one is berry. And a medium's $3. Now through March 19th. So drop by and get sparked by Duncan. Sparked energy drinks are fruit flavored, contain 0% fruit juice. Beverages contain caffeine from caffeine and guarana. Participation may vary. Limited time offer terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. I got a new Mint Mobile plan, so I'm going to call all of my friends. I'm going to call Bob. Hey, Bob, we're into the new year, so I thought I'd check in on those resolutions. You still on track? One of your goals is to save money. You're in luck because I know a 100% guaranteed way to make sure you accomplish it. It's really easy to do. Uh, if you want to find out about it, just come back. I'll, I'll call Wade. He usually answers. Hey, Wade, got some good news. You're not so bitter about losing so many... Sorry. Anyway, uh, if you switch to Mint Mobile for a limited time, their wireless plans are $15 a month. When you purchase a three-month plan, that's unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. You know, if you want to get this new customer offer, uh, go to mintmobile.com slash distractible. That's M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash D-I-S-T-R-A-C-T-I-B-L-E. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details and call me back for more details. It's your friend, Mark. Uh, he'll call me back. So this is going to sound really, really weird. And it's it's kind of silly. They make anti-stress gummies. Like CBD gummies? No, no, not CBD. It's uh, it's got like, um, like, I don't know. You could probably find a few different ones. Because stress actually is a chemical thing in your brain. Uh, and I'm not saying like it's the source of everything. But sometimes if you just got to like power through something, um, I forget what's in it or what it is. Or And I'm not saying this is a fix. Our answers are drugs and deal with it. No, no, no. Well, yeah, actually, <laughs> but... <laughs> What is it? What is it? It's like GABA or something. I don't know what GABA is, but that... Isn't that something that Fred Flintstone used to say? Goodbye stress with GABA, L-theanine, and lemon balm. Yeah, so, um, you know, no, this is actually a thing where it's like sometimes there's, there's such thing as a break. You like, there's this thing called a break. <laughs> yeah, stops your car. Okay, yeah, sure, sure. Mark's explaining how to stop doing things. Okay, I'm saying it like this because it took me so long to realize what actually taking a break means and what it... No, literally, listen to me. I'm listening. <laughs> I'm listening. I'm fully listening. There's a reason why a nice warm cup of tea is relaxing. It is both the physical act of it, a comforting drink, and what's in the tea, all combining to create a, a, a min-maxing breaking. <laughs> That's what I'm doing here. His build is optimized for um, min-maxing breaking. Well, yeah, exactly. Because if you think about it, stress as a as a as a chemical thing, your brain is literally a physical thing. It is both a mental thing and it's a physical chemical builds up called cortisol amongst many other. Again, not a neuroscientist. I don't know what I'm talking about. But sometimes the things that reduce cortisol are de-stressing and that's literal. That's that's actually literal. Um, so sometimes when you're in a situation where you need to take a break, uh, the most important thing to do is not a break is not entertainment. That's what I need to everyone to listen and understand. A break is not watching a show, is not looking at your phone, looking at social media. That's not a break because that's still an active thing. What you need to do is to become passive and to allow yourself to become passive. The most rest 
tasteful things I've ever done. The fastest gotten me back into working is lay down, close my eyes. If I fall asleep, fine, whatever. Like that can happen. Um, sometimes if you want to do something is you drink a cup of coffee and then go lay down. If you nap, you're fine. But when the caffeine hits your system, you'll naturally wake up. It's it's like a superpower nap. But taking a break and actually resting is trying to do as little as possible. And so like getting that cup of tea, the anti-stress gummies with whatever thing that can help reduce cortisol levels, that's a skill. GABA in anti-stress gummies is gamma aminobutric acid. It is an inhibitory neurotransmitter because it attaches to proteins in your brain known as GABA receptors and produces calming effects by preventing them from being neurotransmitted. I guess my two cents here, I'm kind of like Bob where I don't get stressed all that easily. When I was in like grade school, like, you know, K through 12, I did. Like my stomach was always in wrenches and I was always like terrified of like, not fitting in or making an idiot of myself or failing or making a mistake. Like I had a lot of self-doubt and like it stressed me out a lot. When I became more accepting of myself, my faults, my strengths, all that stuff, my stress kind of went away. And sure there's day-to-day -day stresses sometimes or there's like deadline stress or this or that that come up. I think that stress and anxiety are two very different things. I feel like I get stressed every now and then about specific things. And I know I'm a procrastinator and I work better under pressure. So like whenever I do buckle down and just focus, whenever I know I've got a time limit, and I buckle down and I focus, I do a better job because I don't let myself wander or drift or whatever. I, I just am doing the thing, but I don't get it all that often. When I do, typically the best thing for me to do is to finally buckle down and get the thing done that I need to get done. If I'm stressed about falling behind on like making phone calls for getting health insurance or for, you know, I got to change an address because we moved and it's like, oh, time's running out. I got to really get that shit done. For a few days, I will have that like, really need to do that thing. <sighs> Why didn't I do it today? I guess I'll do it tomorrow and I'll have that. And then what fixes it is when I actually do the thing. But I think that that's different than an anxiety where you'll have like that stressful feeling for almost like no quote unquote reason. There's not like a solid, I need to do this and it'll go away reason. Whereas stress, I feel like a lot of times, for me at least, is attributed to a certain thing I need to do. But I still don't get it all that that much. Pussy. Thanks, man. <laughs> uh, what helped me growing up was sports. Playing basketball, like not necessarily going and playing like in a league but just grabbing a ball and going and shooting a hoop and like i don't know thinking through my frustration do you guys play out scenarios in your head sometimes where like you'll have a conversation with somebody or you'll do something and like you play that scenario out in your mind and you're like oh man it'd be really cool if i did that can't wait till i get the opportunity and the opportunity comes you don't do whatever that is but like you're like damn it why couldn't past me have done that yeah shower arguments so like i would have those but while playing basketball nowadays it's listen i don't listen to music a lot but listening to music can help uh socializing with people playing games with people finding different downtime activities to just kind of like laugh cry whatever those moments do help me de-stress doing things like that but i think like i'm kind of with bob where nothing helps me more than just doing the thing that needs to be done if it's something you can just tangibly do like that if it's just like pay this bill putting it off is easy for me doing it always helps and i'm always like Fucking could have saved myself two days of worrying about this if I just called the goddamn vet two days ago or whatever it is. Well, there we go. We solved stress. So uh, just don't be stressed. Or if you are stressed, take a nap. I've not tried that one. I always have trouble falling asleep, but I always feel tired during the day. Here's the thing. You don't need to fall asleep. This is what I discovered in my polyphasic sleeping experimentation. Obviously, people have known there's different levels of sleep. There's different depths of sleep. The simple act of closing your eyes reduces such a mental processing load on your mind because 
When your eyes are closed, you're not intaking information. When you are intaking information, nerves are being stimulated. So the optic nerves are being stimulated. They send information back into there. That is an active process that is occurring in your, in your eyes and to your brain. Simply closing your eyes and laying down is the first stage of sleeping. The sound matter. Do you want to like not have music? You want to be like in a quiet place like you're trying to sleep or playing music or? Yeah, yeah, quiet preferred. It's the same thing with your ears. When you are taking in sound, the nerves are being simulated. It is sending information into your brain. Um, that's why a, have you ever been in a um, uh, isolation chamber? What is it? Hyper, hyper, Sensory deprivation chamber. The high, the hyperbolic time chamber in Dragon Ball Z. Have you been in that? I, I have not. I would love to. <laughs> uh, no, but it's like, it's meant to, it feels so strange strange because you're actively closing off sensations to your body and by reducing the information load you you reduce the processing load and then your brain can actually rest it's um it's like with your heart it can't stay at 150 180 200 beats per minute forever because that stresses the heart it needs to go down it's never if it goes to zero you're dead so that's not what we're looking for but resting is important um and so when you lay down and close your eyes you understand that you don't need to fall asleep that will be infinitely more restful and ended up with me falling asleep much more than it ever did i don't encourage polyphasic sleeping i went through some i didn't get through the hallucinatory period and that period was <laughs> very very strange and bizarre and uh i i didn't like it very much um, and also it actually, I don't even know if polyphasic sleeping can work long-term. I know some people have tried it. It is so hard. I did it for three weeks, but it did teach me that just laying down and resting, closing your eyes is rest. And that's what I mean by like, uh, de-stressing and turning off your brain for a little bit. That's what a break is. That's what a break should be. Just turn your brain off for a second. I gotta, I gotta preface this with what Bob said last episode too. We are not experts in this field and we might be missing the mark entirely. This is more so just opinions on how we deal with things, which might be very wrong. No, I'm right. Wait, what the fuck? Yeah, no, Mark doesn't know what he's talking about. Wait's right to disclaim that. I'm not saying you are necessarily wrong. I'm just saying in general, we don't know for a fact. I, wait, no. Are I, you an expert? No, this is, I don't need to be an expert to tell you my, uh, my actual experience. No, I'm not saying that your experience is wrong. I'm just saying your experience might not be for everyone. We can't claim that it is. Your experience isn't wrong, Mark. It's invalid. Everyone needs rest. What are you talking about? You don't need to be a sign. Okay, listen, there, there's something very, very oh, look, I'm not telling you about the science of sleep. I'm telling you how to take a break. And laying down and closing your eyes is a ubiquitous human experience. Everyone does it and everyone benefits from it. There is not a human alive that won't benefit from laying down and closing your eyes to rest. Uh, you don't need to be a scientist to to declare that i said this after your point but it wasn't because of your point it's just i <laughs> thought of it bob and i are also saying things that make it claims here so like i'm just throwing it out there in general whoa 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 i just have to say there are definitely people who will not benefit from that mark okay who uh anyone who is perhaps blind or deaf or in any way disabled in a way where closing their eyes or going to a quiet room doesn't change their experience at all. I guarantee you, even a blind deaf person likes to lay down when they sleep. If you don't have eyelids, you wish you had eyelids to close them so you could lay down. And I'm saying, if someone
someone doesn't have the ability to close their eyes or their eyes are sewn shut, sure, in that rare circumstance, but I'm saying it's a universal human thing where closing your eyes and laying down is restful in the same way. What a sweeping generalization, Mark. Yeah, no, I think Wade was right. Mark is wrong <laughs> on this one. I'm willing, I'm totally willing, I'm willing to die on this hill that people like to lay down and close their eyes. If you want to qualify it, to I cannot wait for one person in the subreddit to like be like, I hate laying down. I don't care. <laughs> They're wrong. I'm willing to stand on the hill that that person is wrong. I like to sleep sitting down. Do you close your eyes? Who, who out there is like standing up stock straight? <laughs> oh, I'm so rusted. If I could sleep standing up with my eyes open, I absolutely would. I want someone to prove me wrong in that, in that scenario because I am so willing to actually go out on a limb and believe that I'm right, that I'm not even going to qualify it the tiniest bit. My disclaimer was not for you. It was just in general. We are not stress experts who can tell you how to cure your stress because we don't know what stresses you. And there's a lot of factors we may not know. That was it. It was not about you. I know it came after what you said, so it seemed like it was, but it was not. I am also disagreeing with this. Okay, Mark might be an expert. I am not. It's you don't need to be an expert to understand the information from experts. This is this is this is a thing. Yeah, you you can understand and take because if you can't trust people that are experts in the field and you have to go to their information and be like, well, I don't really know, then you can't base your opinion on anything. So cortisol, as far as science declares right now, is one big factor in stress in the human brain. That is what the scientific consensus is as far as I know. And yes, I could be wrong about that, but I have to well, be. What if there was a breakthrough right now? Then that, that would it change. That's how science works. And then, So what you would have just said would be false because we missed the breakthrough because it just happened. Yes, that's the risk you're willing to take, but you have to be willing to take a risk at some point to plant your flag somewhere. And I say that cortisol is a chemical that is stress related to stress in the brain. Mark, this entire episode was an experiment to see See how stressed we could get you. Oh, I'm fine. Watch. Hey. Wait, no. Hey. Could you imagine if we pulled that on one of us where like we did like an entire like long series of episodes where we were just trying to psychologically torment one of us <laughs> in some way? Look, yeah, I but I do firmly believe that there is there is uh like a it's not a fallacy, it's another way. It's like there's a there's a misnomer that you can't you have to qualify everything, right? You don't have to qualify everything because you have to be able to uh put a basis in something because that if you if you're if every opinion is qualified, then you don't actually believe in anything. Um and you need to have firm opinions because that's that's how you build yourself up is by having firm beliefs because that's the bedrock of like the person that you are and so with this simple thing of i'm willing to plant my flag on people like to lay down and close their eyes is is just like yes i i want to just reiterate that, that that's what i believe and and i can't and science could change about laying down and closing your eyes me saying that watching a video that makes you cry will help your stress go away i feel like is not supported by fact maybe it is but it's a claim i'm making with no basis in fact which is why i said it i think that i think that there's enough scientific evidence to say that crying is a stress reducer there might be but i haven't done the research on it to be able to make that claim 
This episode is brought to you by Square Enix. From Square Enix comes Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. I played a ton of Final Fantasy VII when I was a kid. It was one of the first games that I actually 100%ed. I didn't. But anyway, the new standalone remake in the critically acclaimed series follows Cloud in the pursuit of his iconic antagonist, Sephiroth. Forge bonds with iconic characters in and out of combat, including Tifa, Barrett, and Aerith. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, out February 29th, exclusively on the Sony PlayStation 5. This episode is brought to you by Royal Caribbean. Why settle on one kind of vacation this year? On Royal Caribbean, you can do it all. Catch waves on a surf simulator, lounge poolside, and check out a Broadway show. Then enjoy rustic Italian flavors at Giovanni's Italian Kitchen or hibachi and sushi at Izumi, all while setting sail to the Caribbean, Europe, or perfect day at Coco Cay, Royal Caribbean's private island. This isn't just one vacation. This is all the vacations. Visit royalcaribbean.com to learn more. All right, well, uh, Bob, what was your stuff that you claimed so but Mark can plant his flag there, too? Don't be stressed. Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about that one? I think science definitely would back the claim that if you just don't be stressed, then your stress levels will be lower because you're not being stressed. So, like, that one is, that was probably more scientifically valid than anything Mark said. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're probably. <laughs> and here's the thing that I already know people are going to say is, like, cortisol is not the only thing about stress. And I'm going to say, yes, that's I said it was a part. I thought you were going to say pussy. <laughs> pussy. <laughs> Just lower your cortisol, bro. No, it's like, yes, I know it's not the only part of it, and I don't know the rest of the part is, but I can believe in a part of something without understanding the whole. Oh, so that's, no, that's the problem, Wade. Mark's argument is faith-based. He believes it. What were we saying? I don't remember. I got so caught up in making Mark mad that I forgot what we were talking about. You were you were making sure that everyone understood that Mark might be totally wrong and that you don't support his claims whatsoever. Don't take specifically what Mark said as as opinionated or a fact. Take it as false and work from there. No reason other than he is Mark, and so don't trust him. We're tr- our trustworthiness goes like with our heights. The taller, the more trustworthy someone is. What was the topic that we were talking? It was just stress, right? I say the shorter, the more grounded they are as a person, the closer to the core of the truth. You're going to be grounded if you keep interrupting Bob. It's stress. Just, I mean... Okay. We- we talked about the live, laugh, think, and cry quote, and we kind of moved into stress from there. No, I think Mark pretty much covered it with the pseudoscientific bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you leave me and my flat earth out of this. I believe that people lay down because they want to be one with the flat earth. <laughs> How do you feel about people that lay on their stomachs or their sides instead of their back, Mark? Oh my god! I'm a I'm a stomach sleeper, so come for us, Mark. What do you got? Are you a back sleeper? No, I, I am, but I'm trying to become a, a stomach sleeper. It's a strange thing where it's like, I literally feel more comfortable laying on my stomach, but I can't seem to get my breathing right or my head turned because I fall asleep on a massage table like nobody's business. I mean, it's it's meant for that because it's like it's it's warm and you're getting a massage and there's candles and it's just like there's that music playing. And I'm just like, I, I struggle not to fall asleep. Cut a hole in your bed for your face. Yeah, I know. Right. So I thought about what if I just buy a massage table for my bed? And I, no, why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? That's not a joke. The visuals, man. I, I'm laughing because it's such a good idea, Mark. What do you mean? 
mean? I'm laughing in agreement, Mark. I'm not laughing because I think it's funny. <laughs> I don't think the evidence points to that. You just watch a nice romantic movie. The couple's like making out. They go to bed together and they both just face plant their face holes and go to sleep. But I mean, that's where I know I fall asleep. So what if I... Why are you laughing? Mark Jr., you put your face down into your face hole right now. You'll get back in your massage bedroom and get on that bed. Get on that table. Here's the actual physical reason why I want to change is because you guys know how my feet can go backwards, right? Uh -huh. So when yes. I lay in the bed, my feet just flop to the sides fully. They, they go flat on the sides and that's bad for my knees overnight. So I wake up and my knees kind of hurt. And so most of the time I sleep on my slide, but if I flop over on my back and just like, I will literally wake up with knee pain because of the hyperextension. Why not just flip your pelvis backwards? That's an interesting idea. If you're turning your pelvis and your head backwards, you don't have to worry about it. You can still sleep on your stomach. You just want to make me shorter by reducing, making my spine curve in on itself. Nah, nah, nah. I'm not going to fall for your tricks. They do have a leg lengthening surgery. Did you know that? It's horrifying. I could, I could be, I could be so much taller than both of you. Don't they like not even do that surgery in the most American places because like it's such a horrific thing to recover from? Probably. Because they essentially break your legs and like oh, yeah. stretch the tissue and then just try and get the bone to grow back between the gap. Yep. Mark, I have an idea for a documentary for you. <laughs> get taller. <laughs> And the name of the documentary can just be called Grow Tall. <laughs> um, oh, well. No, no, Mark, I know what the, I know what the documentary can be called. Supersize me. <laughs> hmm. Sounds familiar. There's no way that's already been done. Like, that's such a... I'm pretty sure that would be a one-of-a-kind type of deal. Any final thoughts on stress? I feel like we were kind of winding down on the topic, so I'll take us out unless you guys have more to say. Uh, you know what? I had this thought at the very beginning, and then we got into Mark's whole pseudoscience stuff. Uh, so Mark, uh, Mark, but Mark said this, and it made me think. The, the, the emphasis on taking mental health breaks, and you basically said this, Mark, but I think it's interesting and worth repeating. If you're doing a job that you hate, and you're doing it because you have to have money. Like, for, it's easy for me from my ivory tower of, this is my job, which is ridiculous and stressful sometimes but not in the way that most people's actual real life jobs are very stressful yeah you need to take care of yourself because life is more than just working 80 hours a week to get by the idea of focusing on your mental health is not to say that you should never have any strife or struggle or stress in your life and i think mark's point is very valid it, it when you find a thing that is worth working on that you care about your family your children it could be a personal relationship it could be a movie it could be whatever if you find something like that it could be your job that is not a thing where you should try and avoid stress or strife in any way and take breaks and take care of your mental health sometimes that stress is what pushes you to do something the, to the best of your ability and if it's really worth it and if it's not just your your job you do to make money to get by it's not bad to have stress you just have to learn and know how to deal with it in a healthy way and how to use that to inspire yourself. But and that's basically what Mark said, that it's been terrible. The movie has, this movie you're making, made, whatever, has been like terrible. And like there were parts where I'm sure you want to just give up. But that makes it all the better because it gave you the determination and it gave you the drive and it made you feel that much better when you finished it, I'm sure. And when it, when it finally gets released and everything, the payoff of that is partially because you went through so much to make it happen. So it's absolutely worth the stress and the struggle and the strife for something that's worth it. But not everything is worth it. 
Oh, absolutely. And it's also because I've had repeated experiences with this same process of escalating levels. I have built up to it. It's like the same thing. You would not run a marathon the day you decide to run a marathon. You you would build up to it and train to it. And all that hard work pays off when you get to there. I've done other projects that have increased in complexity and increased on in sophistication to get to this point. And I've learned on the way to make it more efficient, which is why I'm able to tackle something a little more complex each time. And then there's new challenges and come through. But that's also what makes life interesting, like tackling new challenges and learning new things. Because if you just bash your head against a wall without learning how to do it, bash your head against a wall a little more efficiently next time, or how to put a, a soft pad on your head before you bash your head, you're not learning anything. So next time I, I'm taking all the lessons that I've learned and the mistakes that I've made, and I'm going to take it into the next one. And that's why I already I'm like, I'm already planning the next one because that's how I operate. But yeah, it's like, I can't wait to do it again. I can't wait to go through that stress again because I look at it and I'm like, ah, this time I'll, I'll get it. I'll make it easy. <laughs> and then I end up crying at three. <laughs> Making like in space, how many hours of footage were posted of in space? Like how many, uh, if you watched every video, six hours and 51 minutes and how many people were in it? Do you know people in the cast? Yeah. 18, 17, something, 17. Comparatively, how many people? Well, you don't have to answer the question how many people are in the new movie, but it's less, right? Uh -huh. There's less people in Iron Lung. Crew size is crew size bigger or smaller for? That was about the same. Yeah. Do you think even with that being working with less people, having like a, a shorter film overall, you think that filming Iron Lung was more complex? Yes. <laughs> I'm curious as a person, like on the outside, like as to what made it that way. There is a distinct difference in doing first person perspective stuff with a single camera and you are doing single shots that has its own complexity. And that is a discipline in and of itself. And there's lessons to be learned from there. There's an infinitely different uh, big difference between doing that and doing coverage based uh, narrative work. Um, it's not. And people have this. Uh, there's a lot of people with misconceptions about my abilities. I've done that before, too. Um, but the people that worked on me, the other projects, you know, they didn't know. Um, but there is infinitely more complex because you can have a conversation only one way in in space which is the camera walks in the conversation occurs the camera walks out when you have a conversation in a narrative piece you need to get it both characters covered from different angles that are more interesting and tell help tell the story you need to literally pick a camera angle that emphasizes the story and emotions that are being portrayed and do it in a way that captivates the audience and like make and work seamlessly into the next shot without being too jarring because you don't have a constant moving uh camera through the whole show so there's like every scene takes you know, a day to film as opposed to we did scenes in space. We were able to cover six and a half hours of content in the same window of time that, you know, a movie is traditionally 90 minutes. It's an infinitely, it, not infinitely, but it's a smaller portion, but you need to cover it in so many different ways. That's why there's more footage in this one than there ever was, was with space. You know, space was probably 40 terabytes. This one's over 100 or getting over 100 soon. The scope of space to me seemed so insane, and it was, it is, but like filming Iron Lung, I was like, oh, that sounds like a much simpler project. Thank God, it'll be easier for him. So I thought so too. I thought so too. Um, and it's it's for different reasons that it's complex that I will get into when I talk about the behind the scenes of it. And that's fair. Yeah, yeah, I don't want you to ruin anything, but I was just, you know, I got to wrap this thing up, I think, and uh, time to pick a winner. Am I stressed about my decision? I think not. Or I think the answer is obvious. Based on your expressions... And that's the only reason I'm picking a winner is based on expressions alone. I'm lying. Mark, you win, though. Yeah!
Yes! I feel like I have to give a disclaimer here. Mark doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, he was talking about his ass the whole time. No, no, uh, no. Wade endorses everything I said. Everything I said. Scientists come for him in the subreddit. Tell him why he's wrong. Well, I already know, but you, you reiterate it for me. Thank you. I don't want to live in a world where we can't confidently say that laying down and closing her eyes is beneficial to everybody. Mark, you won. Give a winner's speech. All right. Hey, here's a few other beliefs I have now that I've been given a plot. Oh boy, what have I done? No, no, no. Uh, so there's nothing uh, that I've said that is going to fix anyone's long-term problem. It was like, it's short-term solutions to get through something. I don't know your circumstance, and that can change everything in the long run. You're not going to cure depression by laying down and closing your eyes. That's for sure. And that's not what I claim. But a break is nice, so take a break sometimes. But don't overindulge in breaks, because that's just masturbation. Speaking of masturbation, that's a great way to reduce stress. Cut it up. Cut that part out. Don't cut that part out. Speaking of masturbation. <laughs> I, th I thought you were going with it. When nature calls. That's the, that's the title of the episode right there. Speaking of masturbation. I'm going to give my loser speech now. And I just want to say I think it's clear that my opponent in this episode is deep in the pocket of big laying down energy. And also clearly been bought out by the eyes closed lobby. <laughs> uh, I think that we all know that it is not ubiquitous that laying down is good because sometimes you lay down on a bed of nails and you weren't prepared for that or any number of other situations. Uh, don't ask me. Ask science. It's not my fault that that's the truth. The real ones out there know, know who won this episode in their heart of hearts. I'll see you in, in your mind's eye. When you stand up in your standing up sleeping bag like a normal person. If you guys haven't already, <laughs> you can find Mark at Markiplier when he's not busy debating. You can find Bob at MySkerm probably right now most of the time. I'm Wade Minion 777 or Lord Minion 777. I have no idea what I do. Stay tuned for the next one where Mark will do something. Until then, podcast out. <laughs>